because this is my my gumbade, this is my friend, this is my high priest, this is my brother. You've heard us talk about him on the air many, many, many times, and we're very blessed and lucky to have him with us tonight. So I want to introduce to you Vinny. Vinny, say hi to our audience. Hi, audience. How are you? (laughs) So thank you for coming on and doing this podcast. We do mention you a lot in our podcast and we talk about you and Story. Do you say good things or bad things? Both. Absolutely both. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you said only good things, I would say you were a liar. <laughs> yes, and that's true. So Vinny and I, we've been friends for many, many moons, like over 25 years or more. Um, and I got news for you, honey. It's like 35 years. Oh, God. What? Oh Monica's only 27. Yeah, how many happen that be? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm only 29 again. There you go. <laughs> Always go backward instead of forward, especially this year, the lost year. We don't count this year at all. In that case, so, I'm just going to be 17 forever. I, I feel love like it. 17 was a good age. I'm there. I love all right. It. So, Vinny, tell us about how you got started in the craft and, and where you ended up. So, give us your little background on that. Oh, it's a long one. Okay. Uh, back, I always had, I always thought I was uh, like everyone else. You know, when I was a kid, I was went to Catholic school, and I used to see a light around the priest on the altar and uh, around the altar boys. And I thought everybody could see that. I was just a little kid. I said, Ma, do you see the light around the priest? She's like, what light? I said, it's like a halo, but it's over his whole body. She goes, that's just the light from the altar. I said, <laughs> Oh, so you see him? She said, no. And then um, I used to get really weird dreams, and I would tell my mother about them, and uh, she would kind of freak out because they kind of happened already, and I didn't know about it. But probably the time it was the strongest. I was only six, and my mother came into my room and woke me up. She goes, I got bad news. And I just looked at her, and I was dead asleep. I said, yeah, Grandpa died last night. He was already here. Oh my and God. that just freaked her out. So uh, I knew I was a little different, but I figured everyone could do it if they tried. And then when I was in karate school, I had a really good sensei who would teach me, uh, teach all of us mind over matter, how to use your mind uh, 
to perform better. We did meditations and it was all cool. And then I went to a Catholic high school. Not only did I go to Catholic primary school, I had to go to a Catholic high school and I found some books on the Kabbalah. But back in the early 70s, anything you found on magic was either the Kabbalah or Satanism. There's hardly any books you could find that really told what Wicca or witchcraft was. Growing up in New Jersey, especially in an Italian neighborhood, you learned very quickly about the, the Malloy. There's another fuzzball that just popped up. Yeah, that's Bandit Man. That's my <laughs> <little> <laughs> we wish that you guys could, could see us right now. We have a pile of Monica's dogs, and they're so little, you can just kind of see their, their foreheads just kind of hanging out in our laps right now. Yeah. 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 So, be, going up in an Italian neighborhood, you know, you always hear about the Malloy and, you know, who put the Benedizione and uh, 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 the, the Malloy, you know, stuff like that. Everybody had weird dreams. There's the local strega that if you think somebody put the evil eye on you, you went to her and she would take it off. And then I had an aunt, uh, my Aunt Nancy, who was a uh, they said if you had a trauma and you were anxious or scared, she would do something with olive oil and mint uh, leaves and say some prayer and it would take away the anxiety. And that happened to me once when I was a real little boy. I barely remember it, that a big dog scared me. And uh, she did this thing that she did. And I was fine after that. By the way, I was never afraid of dogs again. Awesome. And um, then I got into college and I studied psychology and history. And uh, I went in the military. While I was in the military, I was stationed all over the world. And I came across some very strange things, especially when I was in Central and South America. One day I was... Uh, at the day room where, you know, and there were some books came in. They were uh, probably donated by a veterans group or something. And one of the books there was Erica Jong's Witches. And I read it and I said, oh my God, this pretty much puts a name to everything I believe in. So after that, I started finding more books on Wicca, witchcraft, and stuff like that. After I left the military, I... Uh, went to work at ITT and there was this lady there at a very, and she worked in the mail room and she was an Italian woman and she bent over and her pentagram popped out. She very quickly shoved it back in between her boobs to hide and she goes, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. I said, you don't know what I think. She goes, yes, I do. I know what you think. I said, yeah, okay. Well, blessed be, see you later. <laughs> and she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean, blessed be? I said, I'll talk to you later. And I went back to my office. She must have waited for me every day till I came back to the mailroom. And she's, again, she said, uh, what do you think that thing was? I said, look, you practice Wicca. It's no big deal. It doesn't shock me. She goes, you know what Wicca is? And I'm like, yeah. She said, you got to meet my friends. And that's how I met Ted. And uh, Ted's the one that introduced me into uh, Gardnerian witchcraft, Celtic Wicca, stuff like that. Right. And uh, 
When you say Ted, do you mean Ted Andrews? No, or no. Different no, no, another friend of ours named Ted. Okay. Ted was a character. He uh, he passed oh, about a year or two ago. Oh, wow. And he, he, uh, he was trained in uh, Houston, Texas at a place called the, uh, the Candle Shop. And I, I can't out anybody in his coven, but he had some pretty famous people in his coven. So he came back to Jersey and he started teaching. He wanted to put the put a coven together again. Well, one day we were sitting at uh, Camille's house and he had a deck of tarot cards. He goes, you want to try reading these? I'm like, yeah, sure. But I have no idea what they mean. He goes, well, just lay them out and we'll go over them. I'll show you how to do the layout. So I did the layout and I, start doing a reading at which I started freaking everybody out because everything I was saying was true and I had no idea don't but the cards don't say that and Camille and his girlfriend were going yeah but he's right shut up let him talk <laughs> that's when I found out I could read tarot cards wow. so Ted and I Ted initiated me in Gardnerian uh Wicca we moved up into uh Eventually, I made high priest. And then I, a very strange thing happened. Uh, I really did not like working at ITT. Hated it. So me and a bunch of my friends were hanging out one night. I said, you know, I hate ITT. I make good money, but I despise it. I wish I could make a choice. They said, well, what's the choice? I said, either quit ITT and start my own business, stay at ITT and work, start my own business part-time, or just give up on the whole idea. So I throw it in the hands of the goddess. Let her make the decision for me. Next day, I walked into work, got a pink slip. They laid off 5,000 people. Wow. We got, I got two years severance pay and, uh, you know, and then all my back pay. And uh, I turned around and said, well, I guess that's the answer. Within two weeks, I found the place, uh, rented it, uh, renovated it, and we were open. Now, this happened right on my birthday, November 18th. And by Thanksgiving, we were opened. And the funny thing is I had everything already planned. I already knew what I would put in the store. So it just gelled. And within a week or two, we were open. And I realized, how the hell am I going to make it? I only had, I did, was still in the National Guard. So I still had a basic $500 a month income coming in. Good enough to pay my rent. My very first day open, we did $2,000. I said, oh, wow. okay. We're going to be fine. And uh, that was in 1988. And uh, within two years, we had a move because we outgrew the place. Within three years, we opened up a satellite store in California. Yes. And uh, so it was a... So it was quite an experience. One of the, the best things about having a store, besides meeting Monica, uh, <laughs> I got to meet a lot of famous people and I was forced to learn things 
that were really not in my uh, tradition. Like, I didn't know anything about runes, didn't care to know anything about runes. People kept coming in asking about runes, so I had to learn about runes. I didn't care about the Kabbalah, never had any interest in it. People kept coming in about ceremonial magic. I had to learn about ceremonial magic. And things like that kept happening. Like, I had to learn about Native Americanism. So I had a really good, strong foundation in several different traditions. And then uh, I was selling a lot of books. And somebody said, why don't you have um, an author come in and do a lecture and help you sell the books? I said, oh, who do you recommend? And well, by that, he said, well, she said, I think you and uh, Don Craig will do really good. And I didn't even know who Donald Michael Craig was at the time. Yeah. So me and Don kind of hit it off. Oh, let me re regress a little. I started communicating a lot with Scott Cunningham and Scott and I became very good friends. And it was Scott that recommended that I have Don Craig come in. Mm -hmm. So Don walks in, the very first thing he does when he walks into my apartment, he sees my altar and he's like, oh my God, you're Stragone. I said, what the hell does a Jew know about Italian witchcraft? He's like, I'm initiated into Stregoria. Like, you're shitting me. I was shocked. He said, can I use your phone? By the way, this is in the BC days before cell phones. <laughs> Picked up my phone. He called Scott. And it's like, Scott, 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 do you know Vinny's a Stregone? And Scott's like, uh, no. He practices Wicca. No, he practices Stregoria. I'm looking at his altar. Everything on his altar is exactly what Raven Gramasi has, which is really funny because I didn't know who Raven Gramasi was. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, me and Don became very close. Me and Scott became close. And then I got to meet Raven, uh, Gramasi, Ray Buckland, and all the authors started lecturing at Spellbound. Yes. And it became one of the favorite places for Llewellyn authors to lecture and do workshops at. Yes. Of course, there were some strange stories about that that people never believed until they came there. Like one of my favorite places to take the authors to eat was a go-go bar up the street. Here for it. All right. <laughs> hey, they had great steak. We would get these two-inch thick steaks for like $5. And... uh so one, that, one of the authors I never took there, and the first thing out of his mouth was, how come you don't take me to Wiggles with, like you did with Don and Ted? And I said, all right, I'll take you to Wiggles. And that <laughs> became part of the rite of passage. The second rite of passage at Spellbound was to go for Thai food in uh, Hackensack. Oh, yeah. And uh, that we would show up. The guy was closing at 10 o'clock, and I'd call him up saying, Hey, Sammy, it's Vinny. I'm coming out with some people. What time you close? He goes, oh, Vinny, for you, I'll stay open. Whatever you get here. We'd walk in 10, 11 at night with 12, 13 people. So Sammy kind of loved us too. But that's how it all started. Wow. Wow. That just made me really hungry for Thai food. So I know what I'm having for dinner. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a Thai food story. I had two friends. We're not going to mention that it's Monica and Bobby. 
Monica and Bobby used to brag that they could handle hot, spicy food. So the first time we went for Thai food, I said uh, they were they were looking at uh, volcano chicken, I think it was. And they said, oh, we want it hot. And I said, you know, Thai food's really a lot hotter. Oh, we can handle it. We can handle it. So when Sam, the owner, came over to take the order, he goes, how hot you want it? They're like, oh, we want 10. We want 10s. We can handle it. And Sam said, oh, no, Thai 10, too hot for white people. You got to have, I give you an eight. He's like, no, no, we want 10s. And Monica goes, yeah, I can handle it. Give me a 10. So Sam brings the food over, and the two of them are crying and blowing snot bubbles. So finally they said, oh, maybe we should have only got an eight. And Sam smiled and said, I only give you an eight. I knew you couldn't handle a 10. <laughs> I know. that was. It's almost like that. One, the first time I, I tried the strega, the drink. You want to tell that story? Oh, my God. Just so you guys know, I was so excited to have Vinny on, A, because I fucking love him and I don't get to talk to him enough. And yes, of course, you guys are going to get some kick-ass witchcraft knowledge right now, but really, it's because you know he's got all the embarrassing stories about Monica, <laughs> and I'm so excited to hear all of them. Well, I don't know how many of your listening audience has ever tried Strega. Have you tried it yet, Shauna? Yeah, of course I have, and we've actually Good girl. talked about it on the show, and we've had a couple of our listeners... Um, right back and tell us about their thoughts on it too yeah, yeah. so we, we have turned a couple people onto it yes well monica's first uh <laughs> experience is we had a bottle of strega and she never heard of it before which really shocked me because she's supposedly italian <laughs> and uh we had a famous author there that night too and there was a bunch of girls at my apartment i think bobby was there too and we gave Monica Strega. And she's sitting there, she goes, oh, this is quite nice. And she's sipping it gently. Then she's going, ooh, it's getting a little hot in here. And she's fluffing and puffing it. Next thing you know, her blouse is half off. Whoa, this is really hot in here. You need to open the window. We're like, Monica, it's really not hot. Yes, it is. And I don't want to go any further because I don't know who's listening. But Monica uh, found out that Strega has aphrodisiac properties. Hey, go Monica. All right. Yep, yep. That was Monica's first introduction into Strega. It sounds like a good time. Yep. All right. It was also somebody's first introduction into a Strega. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there has been several incidents at my, there's a lot of incidents that the stores fell down, which took on an entity in itself. But there's been, and again, I'm not going to mention names, but one time Monica and our friend Jerry come walking into our apartment and there's Bobby with a tattoo gun and a famous author laying flat down on our kitchen table with her pants down her shirt up, and Bobby was tattooing her butt. Hell yes. Absolutely. You just Absolutely. never know what was going to happen in that store. That is so true. That I think so true. I have a video in my phone of Monica getting a tattoo. We got matching tattoos of the spirit of Aradia. 
Ooh. Yeah. Monica. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but here. Very nice. Yeah. So we both we both got them. And um, cool. I have the video before the tattoo artist even put the gun to Monica's arm. She turns her face away and she goes, ow, ow, ow. And I'm like, Monica, he's not touching you yet. She's like, oh. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. It hurt a little bit. So so shame on you, Monica. I did. How many tattoos have you seen done in my apartment? Oh my God, so many, so many, so many. Yeah, absolutely. So, Everyone listening is going to hear about like the wild side of our OG Strega tonight. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Speaking of Strega though, um, Vinny, I do have a question. Um, I know talking about a witch's altar can sometimes be a little personal, but I thought it was really interesting that um, you said that someone was able to walk into your apartment and look at your altar and tell that it was Strega and not Wicca. Would you right. mind, if you can recall, telling us, like, what were some of those differences? Well, the very first thing he noticed on my altar was the spear bowl. I had a large cauldron with the symbol of Aradia, the crescent moon with the three licks of flame, and that was the first set. Then he saw... Also on the altar was a statue of Hecate, Hecate the three roads of Hecate, or three paths of Hecate, and a Pluto. So he also kind of knew right there I was a little bit on the other side. Not evil, but that I was more on the morbid side. of. And he said, oh, I forgot, you're a Scorpio. <laughs> and then uh, he saw some of the other special uh, or, uh, tools that I had that you don't usually find in Wicca. So he pretty much knew right there with the spirit bowl, the Pluto Hecate symbols that I was into Stregoria. Plus, he pretty much figured with a name like Vinnie Gaglione, I was... I mean, that should be a given, you would think, right? Yeah, but you know what? You'll be surprised how many people in my generation and younger don't even know what Stregoria is. Whereas my grandmother used to think, would think horrible things of me. And then one day she walked in the shop and she goes, oh, you just practiced Stregoria. That's a not a bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell, tell the audience a, a basic definition of what you think Strega is. Like, where does it originate and all that? Well, stuff. there's basically, there's quite a few uh, conflicting stories about it. But Stregoria could be the following of Etruscan magic and religion, the Roman tradition. And there's a lot of people that practice Stregoria that are devout Catholics. Yes. So they don't see Stregoria as paganism. They say, they think it's like uh, saint worship. Mm -hmm. So for every pagan, Roman pagan god or Etruscan god, there's a Catholic saint that is uh, correlates to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same happened in Santeria and Voodoo, where the African slaves hid the uh, Ifa Orishas or the Voodoo Loas behind Catholic saints. Right. Well, we think the opposite happened in Stregoria, that the Catholics were hiding the saints behind uh Roaming gods. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And it's, let me tell you, too, if you look at certain statues of 
like uh, take Saint Santa Barbara, Saint Barbara. She sees she's usually see seen with a sword in one hand, a chalice in the other. On her head is a turret, uh, a crown made like a turret, and at her feet is a castle tower. Look at the same statue of Kybele, and you'll see they're the exact same statue. So many of the old Roman gods became Catholic saints. Uh, everybody knows who Mary in the bathtub is. In front of so many Italian and Polish people's house, you always see a statue of the Blessed Virgin with her arms stretched out. Under her feet is the globe, and one foot is standing on a crescent moon. The other foot is standing on a snake. Yeah. And then they make a nice little altar around it or a covering. And in Jersey, we used to call it Mary in the bathtub. Well, that exact statue was actually a statue of Isis brought from uh, Egypt to Italy, and it became revered by the Romans. They, Romans were cool. They stole everybody's food. They stole everybody's gods, and she became the, the Blessed Virgin, an aspect of the Blessed Virgin. And uh, sometimes they didn't even bother hiding the name, like Saint Dionysus. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that guy. <laughs> As, yeah, I didn't even think about the equation of Dionysus with you drinking wine there, because I'm a total <laughs> hey man, It's wine, spirits, and witches. This is how we roll. <laughs> so, so Vinny, I remember taking walking into your store for the first time, and Angel was behind the counter. And I walked in with a friend of mine because he said, I found, you know, because we were like talking about crystals and stuff like that. And he said, I found the store. You want to go check it out? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And I just remember in Bel Belleville walking into that store, opening the door, walking in and, and just standing there and saying, I'm home. I just remember that feeling, you know. And then I took your Wicca 101 class and I just remember you standing in front of the class and saying, um, there's like about 35 people in here. By the time we're done, there's going to be about... 10 or 8 if we're lucky. And sure enough, that's what happened. And then uh, you handpicked a few of us to, to uh, come experience um, Coven and to start working with you. And I just remember going over to, I can't remember her house, the high priestess at the time, but she was using a sword to cast a circle and she almost chopped my head off. <laughs> so, oh, I remember. But my favorite circle we ever did was at your house on Yule. I know that was when we did a Saturnalia at your house, and we had a. Well, it wasn't a circle; it was a damn uh, grove. We must have twenty, thirty people there, and a lot of good food. Yes, <laughs> trick me. One thing that's infinitely better about Stregeria than any other tradition of magic or witchcraft, except maybe Santeria, we have the best food. We have the most food. When you go to a Strega get-together, you're going back home fall. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep, for sure. That in Santeria. Same thing happens in Santeria. Right, right. You know the difference is, in so Santeria, you don't ask where the food came from. In Stregeria, you don't ask what the food is. You just eat it. Mm -hmm. Just chow down and eat it. That's oh. true. That was <laughs> a beautiful like view that was. We had... We had the Christmas tree, and we had the fireplace, the mantle, and everything was decorated. That was a wonderful night, and everybody brought food, tons of food. 
That was amazing. That was an amazing And night. it was all good food. Oh, it was always, always. But, you know, that's Italian in the East Coast. It's, it equals good food, unlike California. But I won't go there. Won't we, go won't, there. we will it's, not mention there's no good Italian food west of Eastern Pennsylvania. Italian you can't even find decent Italian bread east, <laughs> west of Eastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so now you guys listening understand Monica being a hard ass about the pizza and her firm, firm, firm uh, rating system of stiff dick to vagina pizza. Yes. yes. Over here in California, the first time I had, and I told this story millions of times, pizza. When I first moved here, uh, Dennis said to me, you want to go get pizza? And I love pizza. It's one of my favorite foods. I said, sure. Took me to this restaurant. They brought out the pizza. I held it out. It didn't bend. It didn't move. It was stiff. I was like, what the fuck is this? And they said, that's pizza. I said, this is not pizza. You can't fold it. It's not dripping. What's going on? So <laughs> I call it stiff dick pizza. So East Coast pizza is vagina pizza because it's gushy and you can fold it. And, you know, it's it's juicy, juicy, juicy and drippy. <laughs> so that's uh, vagina pizza over here. It's stiff dick, dick pizza. And we also have Chicago deep dish. Chicago deep dish mm -hmm. pizza is ass pizza. Mm -hmm. Tell them why. Because it's deep and it holds a lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our rating for pizza. That's my rating for pizza. Yeah, but do you rate pizza on how it tastes the next morning? Um, because every true Italian buys two pizzas on Friday night. Mm -hmm. You eat one Friday night, Saturday morning you eat the other, so you don't wake up your mother and father because that is a big no-no on a Saturday morning. Right. So we all ate cold pizza for breakfast. Yeah, nothing I, like it. I'm going to leave this so hungry. This is not even okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I do have a question for you about something that you said earlier, Vinny, when you were saying that you were younger and you could see the light like around the priest and stuff like that. And you said that you just assumed everyone could do it, right? Right. This brings up this question that I have is, do you think that anyone could be a witch? Yes and no. If here's where you got to understand what the definition of witch is. To me, witchcraft is a religion. So, yes, anybody could be belong to a religion. If you're looking at witchcraft as a form of magic and magical abilities, I think some people are more able to do it than others. Uh, it's like singing. Everybody could sing. Just some of us can't carry a tune in a bucket <laughs> with a lid on it. Yeah, I am definitely one of those people. Yeah. So yeah. even though you, I can sing, most people will debate whether that's truly singing. Uh -huh. uh, everybody can dance, but some people can dance a hell of a lot better than other people. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So the same thing with the magic. Everyone can do magic. But some people have more of a natural gift. And it just seems that people with a natural gift go out of their way to develop it more, practice it more. So people that are very good at sports tend to take it further and practice it more and become better. People who really aren't good at sports might play Little League Baseball and leave it at that. So we tend to develop the talents we're most interested in and have the most natural ability in. Mm -hmm. 
That's a really so, good way of explaining it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vinny is an excellent teacher. He taught me so much, so, so much. I gained so much knowledge. And um, he's, I, like I always say, he's a walking encyclopedia. I mean, he could tell you um, your moon and your rising sign just by your birthday. I mean, it's just too much, too much, too amazing. So I learned so much from him and um, so appreciative of that. That's for sure. One of the things that we used, to, I really miss about coming out to California, and this is the sad part of the program, I miss some very, very close friends that I had. Uh, Don Craig, Ted Andrews, uh, Raven Grimasi. We lost, I've lost so many close, close friends in the craft. Yes. And Monica and I, we used to, sit there and people would be like, oh yeah, right, you really know those people. Uh, yeah, here's a picture of me and Scott Cunningham. Oh, here's a picture of me and Ray Buckland. And when we would talk about that, people initially didn't believe us. When we had the grand opening of Spellbound West, I think we had, what, 10 authors there? Yeah. With Don Craig was there, uh, Ellen Cannon Reed, yeah, Ray yeah. Bucklin, uh, Ed Fitch. Yeah, there was like, uh, oh, there were so many people there, and people were like, "Wait, this is just a store, and you get this many people?" Like, yeah, these are my friends, these are my buddies. Yeah. So I kind of miss that. Yeah, yeah. It, I I miss them too. It's so sad, and they all were taken to, from us. So so soon you know what i'm saying don and and raven and ted and and ellen i mean they're all gone you know the only thing that's le left is their books now so and their memories so it's tough we're losing all our elders you know and i want to say to everyone listening right now because we get this question a lot in our instagram and in our our email our facebook what books can i read what books can i read go back listen to this rewind a couple minutes listen to every name that Vinny and monica just listed and those are some really fantastic authors that are a wealth of knowledge. And there's so many books out there by these people and they are respected and trusted right. pillars of the community, yeah. old school magic. And they, they have shared their knowledge and they're some really beautiful building blocks within their writing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, those people we just mentioned, you have the gamut of the most simplest form of folk magic to the most elaborate form of ceremonial magic yeah. and everything in between. We just mentioned people that were basic folk magicians to Judeo uh, Hebraic Kabbalists to rune masters to uh, just every Egyptians, everything was in that mix. Yeah. And, um, the one thing I always tell people is say, what should I read? I just have one word, everything. Read everything. Because even if you don't like what you read, you still have increased your knowledge somewhere, somehow. Exactly. Yes. That's a really and you always, way to you put that. And you always push that. You always said you have to know. You have to know so you can compare and feel it and see what works for you and see how it doesn't work. And yeah. That was part of our studies. So yeah, that's very good advice. And I, I pass that on to my people too. So absolutely. And one thing that I want to say, just kind of touching on that real quick, as someone that is part of 
one of the more younger generations of witches, the knowledge is still relevant. There's nothing because magic is always there. Like everything that you can pick up from these, those books are still relevant today. There's nothing that I would consider or say is outdated or has yeah. to be changed because it's still practices that we can, we can put on today and still feel are completely relevant and okay and everything else. So there really are beautiful places to go. And cause you know, once you start studying witchcraft, if you're going to really dedicate yourself to this craft, you're never going to stop learning. You're never no, going to stop. Never. You never one, one time at the store, someone asked me, uh, what, you know, how come I know so much? I said, well, you got to understand something. First of all, I lived this life professionally 12 hours a day, six days a week. Sundays was only half a day. I only worked six hours. And this was every day. I read every book that I sold in my store, I read. And then I got to talk to people. One day a man came in and he looked familiar. He was a Hispanic man. Uh, I believe he was Puerto Rican. And I kept saying, you look familiar. You look familiar. You look familiar. Then it dawned on me. He goes, oh, you remember where you saw me? I said, yeah, you played the Santero in The Believers with Martin Sheen. He goes, exactly. And I said, oh, that's really funny. And you come here? He goes, sir, I came here because I'm practicing Santero too. I did that movie and became a Santero from it. And that was my first introduction to Santeria. Right. So I met so many people that imparted wisdom and knowledge on me that it, I just became a major receptacle. And it was fun because we used to get together and just like hanging out. So just, we would talk magic. We would talk traditions. So one day someone asked me, how come you never go to any of the pagan gatherings or the convocons cons and all that stuff? I said, you kidding me? When I take a vacation, I don't want to talk about anything. I want to go down the shore fishing. Yeah, yeah right. Cause you eat, breathe and slept it. Right now. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I remember one ritual we did in the news store for money. I told Shauna the story many times and uh, you called an emergency uh, circle for, to, to conjure up some money or something that was necessary. I don't remember what it was. And at the end of the ritual, there was an, a green glow in the store. And I was like, what, what the hell is that? That was just amazing. Do you remember that one? Uh, yeah. And if you remember inside the chalice, we used milk and honey. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, wine and when we passed it around the milk was actually green and there was a gold ring around the side of the green milk yeah that really weirded a lot of people out yeah that and that's when we started going oh okay here's the new symbol if the wine or milk changes colors we did a good job yeah you're not kidding that was that was crazy stuff. I am going to be so hardcore inspecting my chalice after every fucking working now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vinny, so after a while and after being um, in Stregadia for most of your life, you decided to take a new path, which was Santeria. Right. And tell us about how that happened. Well, what happened was I, I was having some problems. And I couldn't go to anyone for a reading. I didn't want to read myself because 
you get your own emotions in there. And I didn't want to go to Monica because Monica knew everybody involved and she was too emotionally involved. Because as I said, Monica's more like my sister. Mm-hmm. And so I, a friend of mine came in. I said, I need somebody that doesn't know me to do a reading. And he goes, oh, my father. Like, your father? He goes, yeah, my father does readings. He's a Bob Allow. I said, get the hell out of here. Your father's a Bob Allow. For those who don't know it, a Bob Allow is like a high priest of Santeria. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, let me call my father, see if he could do a reading for you. So he got on the phone, called his father, said, look, my friend Vinny needs a reading. He goes, all right, yeah, I'll put him on. He goes, I just want to know two things. What's your name? Vincent Gaglione. Okay. Give my son $21. I'll call you back. Give me your phone number. I gave him the phone number. So we're sitting there. I went to give uh, Al the $21. He goes, I don't want the money. Keep the money. Sure enough, about a half hour later, the phone rings. It's Al's father. And he goes, you didn't give my son the money. I went, no, I did. And I said I would. He goes, nah, don't, because a rumor says he cannot take your money. This reading's free. And he did a reading for me that was so on the mark, so scary, because this man didn't know nothing about me at all. Mm -hmm. And he ended up saying, within three years of this date, you will be a bobble out. I said, well, that ain't happening. And three years on that date exactly, I became a Bob Allow. Wow. Wow. So, so did you have to leave your Stregalia behind or you still consider yourself? Not really. Um, you know, just because you make new friends, that don't mean you forget your old friends. Right. But what happened was when I got into Santeria, it was so much to learn. It was so unique. I had to learn a whole new language. Well, actually, I had to learn two new languages. I had to learn Spanish and Yoruban. So that made it a lot harder. Santeria is unlike anything else I ever studied. So it became another thing that was Mm all-encompassing. And uh, I was lucky that I had a godfather that was very wise. So he not only imparted the powers and the knowledge of Santeria, but he taught me a lot about wisdom and being a better person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went through a lot of transformation transitions yeah. going into Santeria. Yeah. And uh, it was shocking how much it changed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it changed me for the better in a lot of ways, but it also changed me for the worse. And I became less tolerant of bullshit. Uh <laughs> Like before I would have people just come in and aggravate the hell out of me and I put up with it. Once I became a Bob Lau, I was like, you know what, this bullshit, I don't need to hear this, go away. Mm-hmm. One time this one kid was trying to tell, he was a little kid, Monica, was, I think you were there that day. He was trying to tell people, this kid was like five foot six, and I don't think he weighed 85 pounds. Yeah. Trying to tell people he was a, 500 foot dragon with a thousand foot wingspan and can blow ice cold fire on the astral planes. <laughs> and he was trying to scare these girls. Well, he didn't know these girls' friend was friends of mine and Monica and Bobby's. And they came back, they told this girl how scared they were of me. 
because this kid told, told them I was, he was my student. I taught him all this black magic. <laughs> all bullshit, of course. So he comes, so the girl goes, wait, Vinny's like my one of my best friends. So Tammy came to see me and Monica and Bobby told us what happened. Well, poor, the kid that started all this came walking in one day and Bobby was there and said, you need to see Vinny now. Picked up the kid by his belt, literally carried him with his feet swinging in the air into my office. And he got a butt reaming that lasted exactly 15 seconds. <laughs> I think the kid had three heart attacks. And then Bobby just turned around and said, you can't stop somebody's heart on the astral with ice cold fire, but I could punch you in the chest and stop it forever. Get out of here. And if I hear you talking shit again, I'm coming to visit. We never heard from the kid again. Yeah. Yeah. That's unusual for the East coast people. They're not usually that crazy. That's all the crazies are here on this West coast. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But we, well, we had different crazy. Yeah. One yeah. famous author came in. And she thought she was in the wrong shop because everybody was wearing leather biker jackets. We all had long hair, biker boots. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was looking for a spellbound. Uh, and I'm like, you're in the right place. This is spellbound. And we're all smoking and cursing. She goes, oh, my God, real witches. You smoke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We also curse, so watch out. Yeah. She fit right in. <laughs> Do you remember the ritual that we did here that we set the floor on fire? Remember when we did um, that ritual play and we set the floor we set the floor on fire? I'll never forget that. Do you remember that one, Vinny? When you I'm came to, was that at that we were invited to lead the spell of circle? Or was yeah, that at Yeah, we were in charge of it. It was this beautiful it was in a beautiful space. I mean it was really yeah. That was pretty, but we set the floor on fire, I'll never forget. It's because you're not a real Strega unless you're actually just a fucking pyromaniac, guys. I can't tell you how many times Monica <laughs> still to this fucking day almost lights herself on fire in All the ritual. time. All at the least time. once a month. At least. Mm -hmm. At least. Because, yeah. Well, that's Monica. <laughs> I light myself on fire. One time I was doing a ritual, I lit uh, some black powder, uh -huh. and it blew up in my face and I got second and third degree burns on my face. Oh my you know the what? doctor said I was going to have to go through skin grafts and <laughs> compression mask and I'll never be the same. I looked at him and said, I'll be back in two weeks. I'll be fine. Oh my God. Two weeks later, I walked in. He's like, uh, what side did you burn? I said, yeah. Was, well, the scars can still come back. That was 22 years ago and I still don't have a scar. There you go. Okay, that's making me feel a lot better um, because I lit a TV set on fire. Uh, when I mean TV set, I mean a set that we were filming on because uh, I got a little too crazy with the Vesta powder. So it just lets me know I'm part of the family now. That was the real initiation right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, wait a minute. you got to understand something. Monica and I are both Scorpios. I have a Scorpio is, moon. It counts. It, well, then it counts. Which is fire on water. Even though we're loving and emotional, we're a fire on top of that water. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we have a very hard time with is dealing with the fire elementals yeah. because we tend to attract that. Yeah, it's true. 
so true. When I went to make Santo, which is the initiation into Santeria, my patron god or patron saint was Chango, the Orisha of fire. Mm-hmm. And my mother, because you always have a father and mother, was Oshun, the goddess of love and uh, sweet waters, which like fresh water. So that kind of fits me. And Chango is also the god of lust. So that kind of yes. just gave you a synopsis and biography of me. Yeah. Chango was a lovable rake. Even he did everything in the world to help everybody. But he was a little bit of a womanizer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Vinny, pull out of your bag of tricks a spell to share with our audience. Yes, please. A stregus. Mm. Yeah. yeah, straight as I know I put you right there on the spot, but I know you're <laughs> gonna dig it out of your bag of tricks there. One of my I, one of the things that really I think everybody needs right now is a spell to think clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are just running on raw motion and not thinking with a clear head and with a passive emotion. They're we used to always say at the store, think with your head, love with your heart, screw with your heart down, uh, yeah. down there. Don't think with your heart, love with your pussy, and <laughs> fuck with your head. Yeah, and it I just seems it. like the whole world is fucking with their heads right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a very basic, simple spell. You're going to mix eight ingredients Coconut water, or I shouldn't say coconut water, coconut milk, whole milk, a little, uh, it's like a cologne called Gardenia, like a Cardenia cologne. Okay. Colonia 1800. Colonia 1800. Corona? Colonia. Colonia. K-O-L-O-N-I-A. 1800. Uh, you know the blueing squares, oh, Ricketts yeah. blueing squares? Blue balls. Blue balls or blue squares. Uh-huh. Camphor. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit of camphor. Uh, sugar. White sugar. Mm-hmm. And cotton. You're going to mix everything but the cotton together. And while you pray, you mix this. You're going to do an invocation or a prayer to your guardian angel, your Laris, your spirit guides, whatever you want to call them, to cleanse your head to give you clarity of thought and mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you the whole recitation, but everyone should know some basic incantation or prayer. After you do that, you take a normal shower. After your shower, you add some hot water to this mix, and you take that big wad of cotton, dip it in there, and start cleaning your head. Again, praying to your guardian angel, your spirit guide, your lare, whoever is your higher power, to cleanse your head of all evil thoughts, negative thoughts, to bring to you clarity, wisdom, understanding to think with your head if you don't know who to pray to in santeria would be obatala 
in Stregeria, it would be Diana, because uh, uh, Diana the Virgin, and in Catholicism, Santa Clara, Saint Cl Saint Clair. Yeah. And while you do this, you just let it soak for a while, and then just rinse it off. When you're done, pat yourself dry with a white, a clean white cloth or white towel. Then give thanks by lighting a white candle with a glass of water next to it. That's all it takes. Wow. And then don't go out headbanging. Right. Or to a mosh pit. Just <laughs> chill out. Just go to sleep. Yes, go to sleep till the next day. One of the things I found that a lot of people do wrong, after they do a spell, they can be very hyped up. You got to relax and drink plenty of fluids, especially water, not wine, when you're done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it does take a lot out of you and you need to replenish yourself. Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Okay, what's, what's your funniest story that you remember about me, Vinny? Not just funny, it's the most embarrassing. We oh want all of the gory details. All right. <laughs> Ted Andrews was teaching a class on magic and, and the magic of dance or dance magic. Magic. And Monica was all into it. Now, she never met Ted Andrews before. And she's sitting there with her daughter, Desiree, and Ted was des um, describing some move, and he did like her pirouette. And Monica, just coming out of dance class, looked at him and said, point that toe! Oops! <laughs> Ted looked at her and went, huh? She said, never mind. <laughs> and then that was that. Yeah. I think that was one of your most embarrassing. Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Well, what about... Uh, How about the time you embarrassed me by loading some <laughs> famous author up with Damiana T and Kava Kava and all the other aphrodisiacs and put it in her wine or her drink and never told her. And then when she was hitting on me all goddamn night, Monica and Tammy were laughing. Ooh. Later on, he said, we put Damiana in her tea. <laughs> I know. And Kava Kava. She tortured you that night, remember? <laughs> oh, God. What yes. About, what about after class, we would go to the diner to eat, and then I would sit there and take some Coke, and I would burp and blame everybody else? Uh, how about the time you burped so loud everybody in the diner thought the uh, steamship popped off the coast? Oh, my God. She let loose this foghorn of a burp that everybody looked at the river to see if the tugboat ran aground. Oh, God. Yeah, that's hilarious. Those were the days, my friend, for sure. And the, and the only and the other one I tell Sean about, because we did something last year similar to this, was it last year? It was last year uh, when I came. I was already living in California, and I came back to do readings at the store. And by the way, I'm going to interject that. If it wasn't for Vinny, I would not be a tea leaf reader today because one day after doing his tea leaves, he said to me, tomorrow, Masonic Temple, 9 o'clock. I said, for what? You're going to be a reader. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're going to be there. And I showed up, and that started my tea leaf career. But anyway, um, 
I, well, I got other things to embarrass you about. Oh my God. What about, so I came to California to do readings and you send me to the store with Carl, right? To CVS or whatever the drugstore is. And he waits in the car for me. I go into the store, I come out and then I get into somebody else's car. And the poor old man, he, and Car Carl is looking at me, get into somebody else's car. <laughs> I sit down next to this old man and I flipped him out. Carl was like crying, crying. And of course he had to tell you when we got <coughs> back. So I had to never live that down either. I just- Monica, every day is a story of embarrassment with you. <laughs> you did, okay. One time I was doing a class on tarot reading and there's dear Monica. And so everybody had to read each other. So Monica's sitting there and this girl's reading her. I don't even remember who was reading you. And I'm walking by checking things out. And I said, oh, whose reading is this? And Monica goes, mine. I said, well, you're pregnant. And you're going to find out you're going to be pregnant or you are pregnant. You're going to find out about it right around the spring equinox. And Monica said, oh, Vinny, no, no, you don't understand. We have to have penis to get pregnant. No <laughs> penis, no pregnancy. All well and good. March 21st comes along. I'm standing behind the counter with my girlfriend, who at that time was not very bright. Cute as hell, dumber than rocks. And Monica walks in and goes, on top of her mouth lungs, I'm pregnant. Points to me and says, and it's your fault. <laughs> and to which my girlfriend, who happened to be Monica's friend, looked at me and said, I knew there was something going on between the two of you. I said, I didn't do nothing. I just predicted it. I didn't make it happen. And Monica turns over real sweetly to Debbie and goes, oh, that's right, Vinny didn't do it. But it's his ball, because he <laughs> said it was going to happen. Oh, my Yeah, God. I really had people convinced it was yours. That was pretty funny. After Dominique was born. Yes, and so she is. She brought the baby in, and I'm holding the baby. And she's just old enough that she could hold herself up. And I'm playing with the baby behind the counter. And people are walking in going, Vinny, is that your baby? I'm like, no, it's not mine. And what did Monica do? I pointed to him and I'm like, yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. I kept on shaking my head. They believed me. They believed me. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, my God. So every time I see Dominique to this day, I say, I'm your father, Dominique. <laughs> yeah. Dominique so, doesn't believe it. Yeah, I know. Oh God, so so I have a I have well, I have two questions for you that I'd like to ask, and this is one we get a lot of, and I think that we, Monica and I have both answered it to the best of our abilities. But um, we have a lot of people that like to ask us about covens and how do they join a coven, and how do they get involved in it. And we always try and tell them it's not everything that people expect it to be. You know, but um, just from your perspective and with your experience and stuff, what 
advice and knowledge could you impart on some of our listeners that aren't familiar with covens that are curious about them? All right. Well, usually you can't, you can go look for a coven and any coven that's out there advertising that we're accepting members probably aren't, isn't the coven you want to be in. Mm -hmm. A coven appears when you're ready. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I'll tell you. The second thing, we actually had a whole class on covens versus solitary. Mm -hmm. If you're going to coven and the high priest is only 18 or 19, they're probably not a high priest and not trained. And you have to understand that a coven comes to you. You don't go to a coven. And you have to be careful of the covens could be very negative. They could be a lot of trouble if you join the wrong one. You have to be careful is the uh, high priest or high priestess on a power trip? Are they, do they have their lives together? Do they walk a spiritual path? Do they uh, know what they're doing? See how the other members of the coven are. One of the things that I'm very much against is using uh, the use of uh things to get you more in touch with out-of-body experiences like i don't believe in drugs i don't we don't drink in circle at the end there is a chalice of wine and that's it but being we had a lot of people that were in recovery we never used uh wine or alcoholic beverages we used other things milk teas juices because we had like three or four people that were in recovery. And a coven, as I said, you could get together informally with other people and start learning from each other. And then maybe someday a high priest or high priestess will come to you and say, you guys need to learn something. Mm -hmm. And that's happened quite a bit. Uh I think the people that were in Monica's and my original coven, we knew them almost, what, five years before we ever did anything and showed them, you know, started a formal coven. Um, And, you know, people mistake that year and a day. They take that very literally. And I'm like, hell no. Uh, We had some people that went almost six years before they got initiated. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you, that's something else you can't rush, you know, so that's what you're And it might be, you might want it to be a year and a day. They might not want it to be a year and a day or no. vice versa. Yeah. They want you in too fast and you're like, no, 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 I don't think I'm ready. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That does happen too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I always tell people, don't, don't rush that full. Don't rush I that lost you, I think. Mm-hmm. What was that? I thought I lost you for a minute. You froze up on me. Ah, no, I was just saying, I, I, you know, people, they want to rush their, their dedication. They want to rush their initiation. I always tell them, I, don't, I never understood what the hurry is. Like, just chill. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Don't try and force that. It's the last thing you want to do. Right. What's your other question, John? My, my other question is a lot of people ask us about just like, you know, we get messages all the time from people saying, I don't know where to expand my knowledge of psychic stuff. I don't know where to start with witchcraft. I don't, you know, we, we always try and give them the best of our answers, but everybody has a different answer because while there's definitely traditions to witchcraft, it's still a very personal experience. And we do have a lot of listeners of all, 
you know, experience levels from, you know, little baby novices to people that are very experienced. Um, what's, what's a piece of knowledge that you feel that you could maybe impart on, on our listeners? Wow. <laughs> no pressure, man. <laughs> Everybody has a different path and no path is right for everyone. Right. So if, you know, I've had people come to Wicca and then ended up going back to Catholicism. Yeah. There was one guy I knew, he tried everything. He couldn't find his way. And he ended up becoming a Lutheran minister, mm. which is really funny because he didn't start off Lutheran. But he, <laughs> he felt a draw to the Catholic Church, but he had some other problems. Uh, so everybody has a different path. No one path is right for everyone. Uh, and that's one of the things I liked about Stregory and Santeria, because they actually tell you, you're supposed to be here or you're not. And in Santeria, they say there's 256 paths. And that's kind of an, ex a, an exaggeration, because it's really 256 times 256 times 256. Yeah. And I didn't do the math on that, but it's a big number. Yeah. And Santeria, Stregory, it's the same thing. Um, there are people that were not meant to be working in a coven. They were meant to be solitaries. There were people that are meant to work in a specific coven, like that's dedicated maybe to Hecate and Pluto. And someone else might be better off in a coven that's dedicated to Diana and Apollo. So everybody has a different path. Uh, probably the most important thing is you have to be true to yourself. If something doesn't feel right to you, it's probably not right. Yeah. yeah. And don't fall into this geopolitical theology. Witchcraft, Wicca, Santeria, Stregeria, is not a political movement. It's a religious movement. Mm -hmm. I happen to be a conservative, which shocks the hell out of people that I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. My religious beliefs and my re uh, political beliefs are two distinct things. Someone told me, how can I possibly be a Wiccan if I was in the military? Well, I got news for you. Most of the ancient witches served in the military. Native Americans, if you follow the Native American path, you have to be a warrior. Well, the men do. And that's the point. It's not a political movement. And I hate when people turn it to, into one. Yeah. Um, it absolutely doesn't have to be. Um, and Well, here's another thing. The only political thing about witchcraft to me is we have this First Amendment right to practice our religion, regardless of what anyone else thinks. Yeah. I did a whole speech at the uh, rally for religious freedom. It was all born-again Christians, Catholic priests, as a rabbi, and then there was me, a pagan high priest. And by the end of my speech, I had them on their feet giving me a standing ovation for the points I made. 
and I made a lot of good friends that day. But the point is, I have the right to practice any religion I want, as long as it doesn't infringe on anyone else's rights. Yep. Exactly. And I think we're losing sight of that in this country. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to agree with what you believe in, but I have to respect what you believe in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Um, so we have someone that's in our coven and we just call her the coven sister. Yes. Um, because every time we were try we would talk about one of our coven sisters, it always ended up being her. So now that's her name is the coven sister. The, the coven sister. And so she came in the other day um, to Green Man and dropped some stuff off for us. And Monica, this is for you. Okay, let's see what it so is. Some oh wow, look, look at that. The little gargoyle protector. This is beautiful. Oh, that fits you so perfectly. <laughs> it does. I love gargoyles. That's a cool one. It's a cat. It's great. It's super cute. And she also gave you, I, I got mine. I got a gargoyle as well. Um, and as everyone that listens to the show knows, I, I don't fucking like gnomes. Uh -huh. And gnomes don't fucking like me. And now I have one on my altar. And it's the creepiest goddamn thing I've ever seen. And it's just sitting there staring at me. And so she, these ones are for you. And I'm so happy that they're out of my house. Because three <laughs> I like is a gnomes. fucking crowd. Oh, wow. Look at these. These are cute, Vinny. Look. Look at how cute they are. I can't see it. Pick it up. Oh, that's cute. And that creeps you out? Absolutely. I do not like gnomes. Gnomes and I do not get along. That's a cute one, too. Looks oh, like I like that. <laughs> that's cute. I think you should hang it on her Yule tree. Yeah, right? I have a little tree over here. I'm going to hang them on. They're so cute. So Thank you, the coven sister. Wait a minute. Sean, do you realize gnomes are what brings you money, riches, and gold? I'm I'm trying to work on my relationship with gnomes. Um, I talked about it on one of the episodes. This was when I was first learning about elementals, and I, I didn't really know about them yet. And my friend um, got really drunk, and that was the first time ever drinking, so I went over to babysit her, and she had this great idea that she wanted to break everything her ex-boyfriend ever gave her. And so one of those things was a gnome. And I mean, she beat the hell out of this thing. Like we really tried to break it and it would not break. And I, you know, waited till she passed out. You know, I cleaned, cleaned up the house, made sure she was good. I went home. And the next day I was getting ready to go to work and that fucking gnome was outside in the house. And I picked it up and I drove it right back to her house. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. And then later, I think that same week I went to my Wicca 101 class I was taking and we learned about elementals. And I learned about gnomes and I was like, oh my God, I'm being haunted by a fucking gnome. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I and like then it. it ended up back at my house, goddamn again. I dropped it back off to her and then she came over to my house and threw it in the fire. So um I'm trying to still repair that relationship. <laughs> yeah, you better. Yeah. You're Working better. on it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, here's something that'll make you feel better. Okay. My words of power as of old. So hear me now, good gnomes and trolls. Bring me silver, bring me gold, bring me lush green stuff that bold. Come quickly now, have fun with me, and treasures bring most happily. I speak with, to you with joy and glee, and as I will, so oh, mote it be. I love that. I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to start talking to my little gnome, because I now have one. Now, we do have... Don't forget to feed your little gnome. What do I feed him? Uh, milk and honey. Okay. Fruit, candy, oatmeal. With lots of honey or maple syrup. 
Okay. And is it cool that he's in the house or just will he recap? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Now, we do have one other present. This is really exciting, and I loved it because it came with a card. Okay. And I'm getting presents. You're really? getting presents. I might have Ooh. left the card. No, I might have left the card at home. Okay. okay. Well, um, I was like, oh, who is this from? So this is from Jen. So shout out to Jen. Hey. Hey, Jen. Um, Thank you. Hey, Jen. She knew that I'd be like, well, who the fuck is Jen? And so it said the manatee girl because she wrote in about her experience with, with the manatee. manatee. So this is for you from Jen. Oh, wow. And I believe that she made these by Ooh, hand. Oh, how beautiful. Look at this. That gorgeous. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? Awesome. I like that. And it has my name on it. Can't make that. Yeah. One of our listeners made yep, it. Yeah, one of our listeners. And so I got the matching one. She said, and I will bring the card to you. She said that she thought. What that does it, I can't read what does it say on the top. Our name. Is that your name? Yeah. yeah. Just our name. Do I oh, Monica and Shauna. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. I like that. Yeah. Gee, I think I know what's going to be going in there next uh, episode. Hey. <laughs> she said on there that she thought that um, a stemless one for you would make, be better for your Baileys. Right. True. So I thought that was really cool. So these are absolutely beautiful. I'm going to take a picture of them and post them up in our Facebook group because Jen and our manatee friend, this yes. is amazing. So thank you so much. Thank these you very, gorgeous. very much. Well, I think our podcast is coming to a close. I think so. So, Vinny, one thing that we like to do when we end our podcast is give a shout out to anybody, um, whether it be a personal friend of ours, a listener, anything that we kind of want to give a nod to. I don't know if Monica gave you the heads up on that. No, I didn't. Okay, of course. So, we'll let you think about it for yeah, a minute. Yeah, we'll let you think about that. And I have actually three shout outs oh my. for okay. this week. And one is to Jen for these beautiful glasses, because these are just so beautiful and heartwarming, and I'm absolutely obsessed with mine. Um, but also, I wanted to give a shout out to Onyx, who is one of our listeners that we've talked about and to a couple times. She's in Mississippi, and so she's been in um, the line of fire with this hurricane that's coming up, and you know, she and I talk back and forth on Facebook once in a while. She's been keeping us updated, and you know, right now, it looks like she's good. And she's in the clear, so we, I just wanted to say shout out to her. I hope that she and all of our friends that may be in the line of fire there with that hurricane are staying safe. Yeah. And my last shout out is to Erin, who is another one of our listeners, and I did a reading for her today. And we both um, have Lorraine Warren as one of our witchy psychic heroes. So that was kind of an exciting moment to share. And we're both that tech, so that was kind of cool. Very cool. I'm going to shout out to this beautiful, lovely manatee lady who made us these beautiful cups, number one. Jen. Yep, Jen, thank you so much. And I want to shout out to the person that just lost his dog. Tony. 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 Like, I hope he's doing better. He just lost his best friend. Sorry about that. And I want to shout out to you, Vinny, you and Chrissy. I want to give you guys a shout out. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. I had so much fun. I didn't know where this was going to go, but I'm glad it got there. Yeah, <laughs> right? So I, I'm going to tell the audience that we are planning on doing classes through Wine, Spirits, and Witches. Stay tuned because we will be, bring Vinny back. You won't be sorry taking his class. Trust me. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be very content with that. So we're going to plan that. So Vinny, you're going to come on again. You're going to give some classes to our, our listeners. I think they'll love that. Oh, I would have a blast doing that. The yeah. other thing, if this COVID thing ever goes away, I was supposed to be there. Yes. In California in April, May time period. And then yes. COVID hit and that kind of ruined all our plans. Right. So 
when this thing clears up, I will be coming out to California. I will be crashing with Monica. And we will be doing classes in person, too. Yes, absolutely. Hold on to your seats, because I guarantee you it's a wild ride when you take a class with me. Absolutely. You'll learn and you'll laugh at the same time. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. That's going to be so awesome. And I can't wait till we can go out again. Yeah, we're going to come visit. visit you again. So we'll see each other really soon. So. Yes. Who's your shout out to, Vinny? Well, my shout out is to the two of you, of course. I miss you as I haven't seen you as in, oh my God, it's been two years this week. I know. Crazy, yep. crazy. Right. Yeah. And so. it's still as green as ever. Poor Shauna, the first time she came out here, I said, so what do you think of the place? She said, I never saw so much green in my life. I haven't. And I talk about that place all the time. It's my favorite place in the world. And sometimes when I'm really stressed out, I just imagine that I'm sitting on your front porch in the morning, watching the mist go around the mountain with all the trees. Yeah. And it just, it takes me directly to my happy place. But it's a shame you two couldn't have been here this summer. We had some very exciting things happen. I'm sitting on the front porch, where I always do, and all of a sudden I see a doe come out with a little spotted fawn. Aww. And it was so cute, and it looked at me, and then it starts tronking and bounding its front feet like, oh, yeah, I'm afraid of you. <laughs> the next baby. day, another doe showed up, with two spotted fawns. Oh, wow. so cute. A week later, another doe showed up with three fawns, and I have never seen three fawns in my life. Wow. Oh, wow. So she must have adopted one of them. I've seen them with one, I've seen them in two, never saw them with three. Yeah. So that was one of our babies born here this year. Aw, wow. Then there's a, we never saw groundhogs. We saw one groundhog that lives underneath the chicken coop. Uh -huh. This year, I saw the groundhog up near the chicken coop. Then I see another groundhog coming out of the wood pile. Then across the way that the deserted house across from my driveway, mm -hmm. there was another groundhog with five baby oh, groundhogs. Oh. They were no bigger than like maybe four or five inches. Oh my God. So that was another baby that was born here. Oh, wow. We have never seen porcupines up here. Oh, wow. We have a porcupine that every morning he comes down the mountain, sits in my front uh, front yard, chews on some sticks, and stays there pretty much the whole day. Aw. We have some new bufflehead ducks that have adopted our pond. Oh, wow. But the other ducks chase them out, and they come back, and it's been a war between them. And finally... Uh, what is the other animal that we we have a bald eagle that's been hanging around here? Uh, he went after one of my ducks. Then uh, he's been he's come around. We see him every two or three days flying overhead. And I did not realize bald eagles are that tall. He was yeah, sick. Yeah, he had to be at least four feet high. So it's been a very exciting animal year, yeah. which made me think of Ted. So each time I see a new animal, I got to run over and get my animal speak book and find <laughs> out what Ted says. Yeah, that's true. I also want to make a shout out to my three nieces, Gabby, Desi, and Dominique. I miss them so much, and now they're not little kids anymore. Oh, I know. But 
I think of them always. And the old gang from Spellbound West. Yeah. I think about it, all the times we, all the good times we had there. Yeah. Wasn't as crazy as Belleville, but it was pretty crazy in uh, North Hollywood. Yes. Yes. Okay. Great, Vinny. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. And, thank you. And sharing your stories and your knowledge. And on that note, Mary meets Mary Park and, and Mary, Mary meets again. again.